Welcome back, everybody. It is, well, August 23rd. We are wrapping up the month. It has been, well, it's been in August. It has been in August. But let's just dive into the news of the week because there is plenty to be abound. Uh, first thing up, if you have been holding off trying the new version of Edge, and if you're listening to this podcast, I suspect you probably haven't, but there is a new channel or ring or whatever you want to call it or whatever Microsoft terminology they're using this week. The beta version of Edge is now available. It is supposed to be significantly more stable than the dev or canary rings, and you can go grab those bits and install them on um, Windows 7, Windows 10, and if for some reason you're running Windows 8, you should be able to do that as well. But there you go. Uh, the beta channel is out. This is just another step forward to that general availability. Clearly, it's not going to be done and ready for 19H2. And honestly, that doesn't matter all that much because, again, Microsoft is utilizing, uh, well, they're not utilizing the store. They're not utilizing uh, the Windows 10 update mechanisms, which means that this is really just an app like any other browser. And they can release it and you can install it whenever you want. So it's, but the, the bigger question, if you will, is what version of Windows will it ship natively, like built in and bundled with the OS? Right now, it looks like 28H1 is more than likely going to be the candidate of when that will occur. Uh, Microsoft also released a new build of Windows 10 for the, the slow ring or 19H2, and it comes with a couple new enterprise features that are worth pointing out. Windows Defender Credential Guard is now available for ARM64 devices. Uh, they've also made a very funky change to Windows 10 S mode. If you're not familiar with S mode, it's supposed to be this lockdown store only ish mode um, but it seems with each update it kind of just breaks the original model but anyways uh, the Windows 10 and S mode can now run apps that are utilized through Microsoft Intune which means a Win32 app that couldn't run in Windows 10 and S mode as long as it's running through Windows Intune um, or Microsoft Intune I should say uh, it will now run in S mode so there you go um, they're also bringing uh, Windows Search uh, to the File Explorer with, they're updating the search box in File Explorer to now be powered by Windows Search. Excuse me on that one. Um, they've also made a few narrator improvements and a couple other things. Those are kind of the bigger topics in the Microsoft world. Uh, Intel this week also launched, somewhat befuddling, um, new, new 14 nanometer 10th gen Comet Lake processors. Now, this isn't running on their newer generation or, or their smaller um, nanometer stuff. This is actually running on their older 14, but they're saying they've optimized it and they're getting much better performance for people who aren't so worried about the nanometer count, but just want better performance. So I'm assuming that these are going to be priced less and they will be out here in the near future. We've got IFA coming up, so you're going to be looking at um, to see which generation or which which type of Intel processor these new devices are running will be interesting to see. Um, I, from the, the camp irony over here, uh, Google says, they hey, they now want to help protect your privacy on the web from advertisers, and, and they're going to introduce this new sandbox mode and all this other good stuff that's supposed to make it harder for advertisers to track and follow you here. Um, this just feels wrong on so many levels. If you are worried about your privacy online, which candidly I think everyone should be to some extent, I don't think trusting Google is the right way to go here. I, I've been flirting with the idea of deploying a VPN at my house um, so that I can hide my traffic, not for any nefarious reasons, just more so that I would rather be in control of my own data than somebody else. My challenge with deploying a VPN is just by nature the job that I do for a living. I'm going to have to do podcasts and streaming and other stuff. 
I'm worried that the VPN might inhibit uh, some of that throughput and cause some issues. But the only way to find out is to actually try. And so maybe we'll see here. I've got a, a Raspberry Pi floating around. I'm wondering if I can utilize that in some capacity to uh, just, just be a VPN or be my VPN connection for my entire house so I don't have to think about it on a per device level. Um, anyways, a bunch of Apple news. Apple is clearly gearing up for a fall event. All signs point to September 12th currently. And Bloomberg came out with what they usually do, um, basically ruining all of it. There's going to be new 11-inch uh, and 12.9-inch iPad Pros, potentially a new Apple Watch Series 5. But the focus is going to be on um, the OS 6 and some new materials rather than, I think, a complete redesign because they've just did a significant redesign. Uh, look for a 16-inch MacBook Pro. And next year, we will see AirPods with improved noise isolation and a new HomePod potentially at a lower price because the HomePod is not selling um, to people's homes. I'm not surprised. If you're interested in the HomePod, I really strongly recommend go grab some Sonos speakers. That's what I use in my house and they are, I really, I really, really like them. Really, really like them. On the gaming side, there's just a, there's two big things that I want to point out that have happened this week. Um, first, the Minecraft Earth beta is now available for Android users. So if you've been wanting to try that out, you can go try that with Minecraft Earth. You can go do that. That, that is, that's a big deal. That, that's a big deal. You should go give that a try if that is, if you're interested in that. Then the other thing I want to point out, there were some big headlines this week about, uh, well, taking a step back. It kind of started, I think, with Amazon's uh, device and then moved to like Google's devices and then the Skype and all this other stuff about how contractors are listening in on voice samples from different products and Xbox got caught in the fire. If you're not familiar with this conversation, basically, if you scream at your Amazon device and it doesn't understand you correctly, there's a good chance it might go to a person and they will listen to it to try to decipher it and improve the service. Uh, Google does this. Uh, it was done with Cortana. And then if you remember, the Xbox had its own um, voice command features. And so naturally, people started poking at that and understanding like, oh yeah, hey, look, uh, contractors working for Microsoft may actually listen to some of those voice commands. You got to be careful. Before I even say anything else, if you are screaming at a Sky computer of any flavor or variety, you better assume that at some point somebody might have access to listen to it because it has to record it, interpret it, and then act upon it to actually execute your thing. And that data gets stored somewhere um, and, and sometimes you can go delete it real easily and you know, the question is, are you really even deleting it? Anyways, that being said, Microsoft pushed back and said this. They issued the statement. They said, we stopped reviewing any voice content taken through Xbox for product improvement purposes a number of months ago, as we no longer felt it was necessary and we have no plans to restart those reviews. We occasionally review a low volume of voice recording sent from one Xbox user to another when there are reports that a recording violated our terms of service and we need to investigate. This is done to keep the Xbox community safe and is clearly stated in our Xbox terms of service. Basically, if you start harassing somebody on Xbox with voice communications, Microsoft has the ability to go in and listen and actually act upon that. Nobody should be surprised about that. Here's a, here's a fun fact for you. If you leave a voicemail from anybody anywhere on the planet, uh, the ISP or service provider can go in there and more than likely listen to that voicemail in some capacity if they really, really want to. This is the same thing that's happening with Xbox. Don't be a 
don't be a bad person, I almost use an expletive, and then whatever. Um, don't be a bad person because if you are, Microsoft might be able to listen to it and ban your butt from Xbox Live. Let's be happy. Let's all game together in a better world. Um, so that is just, you know, the Captain Obvious statements of the day. If you're talking to a machine, more than likely it's getting recorded and can be used by somebody else uh, for or against you or to improve their service. Be smart, be healthy, be online. All right. Bunch of good questions this week. As always, going to refresh the thread, which I always post up typically on a Thursday on Therat.com. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I tweet that out so you can just follow me there. Uh, Will says, are the Surface Book, Laptop, and Pearl all expected to be updated this year? 10th gen Intel processors or maybe a move to AMD? Here's what I have heard and what I've seen on roadmaps. Um, a, there is a Surface Book with an AMD processor on the roadmap that is at, I believe, the lower end of the scale. Everything else should be Intel, other newer chips. Not quite sure, but I don't think it's Ice Lake. Um, so this 10th gen stuff might be might be a good bet. Might be a good bet. But yes, look for a refresh around the October timeframe. Hopefully we will see a Teams for Life type event at that uh, at that at that shindig, if you will. I'd love to see some earbuds. I'm not quite sure if those are shipping this year or next year, or they could get canceled altogether. Um, but Panos really loves his AirPods. I've heard that from multiple people. And so they're building a Surface version to make Panos happy. Uh, tor oh gosh, everybody in their names. Torch, Torch, Torch Atlas, Torch Atlas. I think we're going to go with that. Uh, can I add a Surface Go to this? A Surface Go 2 with a 7CX would be a really nice upgrade. I fully agree. Microsoft, Microsoft has to come out with an ARM device if they want people to take ARM seriously. Microsoft has proven that with the Surface brand, they want to be the ones that push the boundary of new form factors. Surface Studio behind me, perfect example. Surface Pro, perfect example. If they really want ARM and the Snapdragon 8CX and the 7CX to be taken seriously, Microsoft has to be willing to put their own dollars behind it in a physical form factor and not just through OS support. So I would fully expect them uh, to go down that road in the near future. Uh, Cy Choker with two questions. He says, will it be possible with Cyberpunk to play it at home on the Xbox and then go with a smartphone and on vacation a laptop and exile to play where you left off? So let me qualify this with what I know. <clears throat> will that scenario being you start at your Xbox at home, you go to your phone and go to your tablet and be able to just continuously play your saved games? If you are paying for xCloud and Xbox Live and all that good stuff, it is Microsoft's intention that, yes, that is the scenario, that you can just jump from device to device, continue right where you left off, and that save game status goes with you. Now, the caveat I say with this is I don't know if that will be a, a, a launch feature on day one um, because I don't we don't know what is going to make the, the cut and what is not. Obviously, they got to get the latency in the games and all that stuff figured out. It would make sense that they want to get that feature in there. I don't know what's going to be available on day one. Um, I do know that Microsoft is rolling out wider tests of xCloud internally, which is a good sign that things are moving along at a healthy rate. We will see how it plays out, but that is their intention uh, for the platform. And then he also says, uh, when xCloud is used on a PC, will all games support mouse and keyboard input? Very good question. And will it be extra work for dev dev the devs or not? I don't actually know the question answer to this, but I would have to think that it would support it, which brings up a very interesting question. Uh, because if you look at a game like Apex Legends or Fortnite, we all know that keyboard and mouse typically give you a serious competitive advantage. And if you can play Apex on your computer versus somebody on a controller on a console, that is very much going to give you an advantage. I would imagine that they can lock that if they really want to, right? It's just software. Microsoft's really good with software and they could 
do that and lock it and say you have to have a controller now granted some people could probably figure out ways around that because there's a lot of smart people out there and we've already seen um, the attachment devices that attach via usb to an xbox that mask a controller so we know it's possible now the question becomes uh, the bigger question here is let's say you are playing apex legends on the pc and somebody's playing it on a console is the latency of streaming it to your pc then back up to the cloud going to be long enough or, or, or significant enough that it actually inhibits some of the gameplay of an FPS. That is the bigger question there because it doesn't matter how good your mouse and keyboard setup is. If the latency is impacting you at a greater rate than the keyboard or mouse is adding an advantage, it's a moot point. So that is something that we don't know yet, but we will be looking for it. Uh, Torch Atlas with another question says, can we expect to see or rather not see a classic apps like Paint pre-installed on Light OS? I think we can expect to see them. The big hint that we have started to see here is notice how everything is going into the store. Why would Microsoft put Notepad, a text editor, into the store? Why? It doesn't make sense unless they have grander visions of only being able to access stuff through the store, which granted we've heard that this will be the third time that we've heard that story of only getting things through the store. But with basic apps like Microsoft Paint, uh, well, Notepad specifically, which is the basic of basic apps in the store, I think that points to a positive sign that that will in fact be the case. Uh, and any new info about studio acquisitions? I've So... Studio acquisitions, you got to understand how Microsoft like compartmentalizes things. So there's like hardware and new game stuff over here. Business decisions are over here. And business decisions, because of the financial implications of them, are much dicier to talk about. And, and are there ongoing... Act so let me put it this way. Microsoft considers buying every single studio. I know that they've looked at EA. I know that they've looked at many others. Whether or not they make financial sense is a whole different thing. Microsoft likes to get games that are going to add immediate value and they aren't going to overpay for something. So are they, are they looking at acquisitions all the time? Yes. Um, I've heard of two currently, but I, I have no idea how far along they are at this time. Uh, an old Amiga user says, do you think with Edge moving to the Chromium-based engine that LightOS might get the ability to run Android apps? Interesting thought. Apparently, the bridge worked pretty well and the work is already done. If they want to compete with Chromebooks, it seems like an obvious feature to add. It's not a bad thought, right? And this question I know has come up internally. When they launched LightOS, we know that apps are a thing that you have to be cognizant of. Um, you can't just say, here's a good web browser. Here's the Microsoft Store. Um, my personal opinion is that light OS should support Android apps. Now I know people are going to say, Hey, that's really going to discourage people from building for the store apps. That ship has sailed and it's sailed so long ago that it's already over the horizon. That does, that's not an issue. That is not a, a, a thought. Microsoft should be playing the light OS game to get it into the most hands of most users on the planet as fast as possible. Microsoft needs the OS to succeed more than they need an app store to succeed. Keep that in mind because that's two different things. So in my opinion, should it be able to run Android apps? Yes. Can Microsoft technically make it do that? Yes. Are they going to do it? We will see. It's still, it's still early days, even though it was originally supposed to ship, I believe later this fall, uh, I think the Chromium switch on Edge has, has goofed things up a little bit because originally they had just the old Edge in it. Sydney2K says, with E3 weeks ago and Gamescom coming to an end, what were the surprises for you at both events? And what were you looking forward to see game-wise in the months leading up to this year, or to next year's E3? <clears throat> well, surprises are an interesting thought because 
there's a lot of things that happened that made me happy, right? We got to learn a little, little bit more about xCloud. We got to see some new uh, hardware being uh, the, the Elite Controller V2. This is the V1. Um, that is pretty high on my excitement list. I, I like the Elite Controller, although I don't know if I'm going to buy one yet. I haven't decided yet uh, because I need two because of store. Anyways, um, things that I'm looking forward to for the year ahead, I think... It, I'm more of a hardware guy than a games guy because I, I I play first person shooters and that is what I look forward to the Call of Duties, the Apex Legends, the PUBGs. Um, actually, I'm looking forward to sh the update to Destiny. That might get me back into that game just because it's it's a nice. Destiny is kind of one of those like nice casual ish shooter games, right? You don't always have to go hardcore P2P. You can go PVE, which is a lot of fun with a bunch of friends. Um, so it might get me back into that. I would say Destiny is pretty high up there. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, the drips of information around xCloud. xCloud is probably the highest thing, um, followed not far behind of Scarlet, right? Scarlet is going to be really cool and a lot of fun. But I think to me personally, xCloud is just super interesting because of all the scenarios it unlocks all the technology that requires to make it happen, the business model shift that this enables for Microsoft. And it all it's all based on the idea that this actually works, right? This thing could come out and it could be crap. We, we don't know. Same with Stadia. If it works, it's a huge shift in gaming and it's really going to change about how we think about playing and games and where we do it. So those are kind of the bigger things. Um, and then Usman says, a few questions. Uh, with cloud streaming box being canned um do you think this if the scarlet games are still being developed with the cloud aware local process of inputs would positions uh, okay so what he's talking about here is our games developing still being cognizant of the cloud streaming approach where they can offload some aspects locally and some of the cloud so microsoft is mandating that all scarlet based games be effectively x cloud aware i don't i don't know what their maybe game core os might be the the proper term but they have to be designed to work natively with x cloud and scarlet which might sound like it's an overhead for the gaming platform but from what i understand it is not it's more of just a, a slightly different way of thinking about developing the games so to answer that question useman yes uh, and then his next question says, I would love to see if how uh, that kind of development architecture would work in reducing latency in game streaming. I would guess it would be a smoother experience considering how HoloLens 2 does all the processing on the device and Azure Remote Rendering streams content. Exactly. I wrote a post a while ago about how Azure Remote Rendering is like kind of the, the grandfather, if you will, to xCloud. It's the predecessor because what it does, if you're not familiar, Microsoft has a headset called a HoloLens 2 and it puts holograms into your eyes. It's kind of crazy if you've never seen one. But what it does is it does all the, the local mathematics locally on the headset and then what it can do in the scenarios where it's needed it can stream the rendering down from the cloud and that's that's very very similar to xcloud and so um is that a possibility for xcloud absolutely microsoft is pioneering it with the hololens 2 it's just in the hololens 2 it's less latency sensitive and so they can kind of work to perfect it there uh, it says, secondly, the HoloLens 2 was approved by the FCC and the F tools have, and the dev tools have gone general availability. Is there any whispers in the grapevine as to when business and developers can purchase them? So let me put it this way. If you have the right connections, you can already purchase them. That is, um, that has been a thing for a little bit now. I, I've actually known some people who have, um, made some moves, if you will, in the HoloLens world. So there you go. Um, 
yeah, it shouldn't it shouldn't be too long. I would expect to see some more news around Ignite as well. So keep that in mind. And then, and finally, what happened to that ambient surface device? So some of the ambient surface device were the earbuds. Microsoft is doing some Cortana, Cortana stuff with it. Um, they're also doing some scrolling things on a phone with it. And so that is part of it. I don't think they're building a smart speaker, or I should say point to the invoke I've got back there. Uh, that is not happening. But Microsoft also has other ambient Surface stuff in the works. If you think about some of the demos they've done with the um, Surface Hub, or remember the Cone of Shame? I think they did. Was that at, at Ignite or Build or one of them where it just sits in the middle of an office um, and then can record and take notes and dictate and, and, and do translations? Um, that is all a part of that scenario. So there you go, guys. Uh, well, that wraps it up for today, everybody. Very much appreciate all the questions. I'm in a good mood. Hopefully, you're in a good mood. And we'll catch all of you right back here next time.